to Relic Radio Thrillers. New episodes every Friday at relicradio.com. We hear the David Dexter entry from The Diary of Fate this week, a series that aired over ABC stations from September of 1947 to May of 1948, produced 39 episodes. Our story today first aired January 24th, 1948. The Diary of Fate. Fate plays no favorite. It could happen to you. Book 41, page 106. In the Diary of Fate. David Dexter, a clever man who outwitted himself. Dexter is not his real name, but in another moment, it will not matter. For the man who calls himself David Dexter will be dead. I will write his final entry in my diary. Listen well, all you who blame fate for your misfortunes. In a moment, I will read from the record of David Dexter in The Diary of Faith. You were always a brilliant sort of fellow, David Dexter. Other men envied you your good looks, your smooth manners, and above all, your ability to dominate those around you. You were so sure of yourself that you didn't even pay heed to me. And now I, fate, look back over the record to a single entry, an entry which set the final phase of the plan in motion. It was in your hotel room. No, you can't bluff me, Dexter. You can't get away with it. But I'm not bluffing, Lamar. I mean every word I say. Now, shall we complete our transaction? But there's nothing but blackmail. And I will... Call it whatever you like, Lamar, but I'm through talking about it. Oh, oh. There. Maybe that'll help you make up your mind. What? What do you want, Dick? You know what I want. A check from you for $100,000. And right now. That was a mistake, David. But of course, the whole affair was a mistake. Beginning with the day you arrived at the luxurious Rolling Sands Hotel, winter home of the wealthy where you found just what you were looking for. A wealthy, attractive woman, alone and probably bored. For a generous tip, the desk clerk told you her name was Mrs. Stephen Lamar. That first evening, you arranged for a table conveniently near her at dinner. Then, 
an old device. I dropped a napkin, a mumbled apology, and a charming smile. And soon you were chatting amiably with just the right amount of reserve in your manner and tone. Are you planning to stay in Rolling Chance for the winter, Mr. Dexter? Oh, no. Probably only for a few days, Mrs. Lamar. Chicago's so blustery this time of the year, I couldn't resist a bit of sunshine. Chicago's your home? Yes, I'm in the grain brokerage business there. Oh, how interesting. My husband is a broker, too. You may have heard of him. Stephen Lamar of Lamar and Company in New York. Oh, you don't say. Why, why of course I've heard of him, I... I'd certainly like to meet him. I imagine your chance of seeing him is even better than mine, Mr. Texas. Oh, just what does that mean? Oh, I really shouldn't have said that. I sound just like the typical complaining wife, but... Stephen uh, is always so busy that... Well... Oh, I... I understand, Mrs. Lamar. A situation of that sort doesn't allow for much companionship or home life, does it? No, it doesn't. That's why I decided that I'm going to buy a home here at Rolling Sands and stay permanently. <laughs> if I'm to grow old alone, I might as well be comfortable. Oh, oh, oh come, come, Mrs. Lamar. You've years and years before you start thinking that. <laughs> uh, speaking of age, though, we're not too old for a dance or two in the ballroom after dinner, are we? Oh, I haven't danced I haven't danced for a long time, Mr. Dixon. And neither have I, but I'll chance it if you will. Well, all right. Let's do. That was a good start, David. When you left her at the end of the evening, you could see that Elaine Lamar was radiant. After that, there was nothing to do but follow your usual formula. Then one night you knew the time had come. You and Elaine were sitting in your car far down the beach, silently watching the breakers dancing and tumbling in the moonlight. Beautiful, isn't it, David? Yes, it is, darling. Oh, I hate the thought of leaving all this. And you. Leaving? David. I've worked to do, you know. Oh, yes, of course you do, David. It's just that I... Oh, I've been so happy these past two weeks, and I guess I'd forgotten it had to end sometime. Does it have to end, darling? How can it be otherwise? Oh, I love you, Elaine. Very much. You shouldn't have said that, David. And I... I think you love me. A little. But I... I'm married. Oh, you're not in love with Stephen, nor is he in love with you. No, I can't deny that. For my part, I've been in love with only one man in my life, and I lost him. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. My first husband was killed in, in an accident out in Nevada ten years ago. In Nevada? Uh, what sort of an accident? He was a mining engineer and had a syndicate with two other men to reclaim abandoned mines. They were just promoted. My husband did all the work. Yes? I got a letter from George saying that he didn't trust him. Two days later, his body was found at the bottom of our mine shaft. That's terrible. What happened? The authorities called it an accident. I always felt that he was murdered. Murdered? Yes. Every cent that I have and the fortune that Stephen has built up since we were married came from that mine. 
If those men thought they could get control of it by murdering George, they were mistaken. He had protected his claim thoroughly. But, uh, maybe it was an accident. Nobody will ever convince me of that, David. Your husband, uh, I've known a lot of mining men. What was his name? George Evans. No, I, I guess I never knew him. Who were those other two? His partners. I never met either of them. But I'll never forget their names as long as I live. Henry Ballard and Lowell Garrison. Henry Ballard, Lowell Garrison, and George Evans. Three names you had never expected to hear again. Your mind raced back ten years to the hot, dusty afternoon when you and Henry Ballard stood at the brink of the mine shaft, straining to hear any sound that might come from below. At last, in the desert stillness, you looked at each other and nodded. You knew that George Evans was dead. You found later that killing him had been in vain. And you had parted company with Ballard. Tonight, a ghost had risen out of the past. It made you the more anxious to complete your plan and get away. So you decided to play your trump card when you met Elaine at breakfast the next morning. Oh, Oh, there you are. Good morning, darling. Good morning, David. I'm sorry I was late, dear, but I've been on the phone. I, I have to go back right away. But I'll be only be gone about a week, and from the looks of things, I I can stay here the rest of the winter. Wonderful. Tell me all about it. Well, uh, this is very confidential. Now, don't tell us all. I won't. We're running a corner on the winter wheat market. We have a chance to make a fortune in the next few days. If wheat advances only 10 cents a bushel, we'll make over a half a million dollars. Sounds fantastic. Not at all. That's how people make big money. Now, here's what I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, how much money do you have? Uh, that is, ready cash. Well, I, I don't have very much with me, David. Oh, but I, I thought you were going to buy a house here. Oh, I have some negotiable bonds here at the bank that I'm going to use for that. $50,000. Oh, good. Darling, I want to cut you in on this deal. Now, I can double, perhaps triple your money within a week. You can? Sure. But, but suppose something goes wrong. Oh, nothing can. But even if it does, I'll, I'll personally guarantee that you get your money back. You can't lose. Well, if you think that Think I'll... I know, Elaine. Believe me, dear, it's the opportunity of a lifetime. Well, all right. When are you leaving? Well, there's a plane out of here to Chicago around 3 o'clock. It's almost 11 now. If you go to the bank right after breakfast and get the bonds, I'll do a little packing and be ready to take that plane. All right, David. I'll do it. It sounds wonderful. It was working out perfectly, David, just as you had planned. Yes, it was a great day for you, David, except that you forgot me, Faith. Then another little thing happened. You had almost finished packing when the phone rang. Yes? David, this is Elaine. Something's happened. Happened? I've just received a telegram. Stephen's coming in on the afternoon. 
Oh. Well, that doesn't make any difference, does it? Yes, David. I, I want to talk this over with you before I invest the clock. Oh, but there, there isn't time, Elaine. I've, I've got to go at 3 o'clock. Well, then, then perhaps you'd better go on, David. Stephen understands all about these things, and, well, I'll feel better to you about it. I'll keep wire you the money later. Oh, no, no, that won't do, Elaine. Well, then, then why don't you stay over until tomorrow? Have dinner with you tonight and explain it all to Stephen. Uh... Well, well, yes, uh, maybe I could do that. Oh, wonderful. Meet us at our suite at six in the cocktail, and then we'll all have dinner together. All right. Uh, fine. Yes, yes, I'll do that. That's sweet of you, Dave. Bye. Yes, sir. Goodbye. Hmm. What do I do now? <laughs> Oh, hello, David. Come in. Oh, thanks, Elaine. I've been telling Stephen how wonderful you've been to me. Oh, Stephen, this is Mr. Jackson. What? Oh, how do you do? How do you do, Mr. Lamar? Now, I've mixed cocktails for you two, so suppose you drink them and get acquainted while I fix my makeup and get a wrap. Yes, yes, we'll do that, my dear. I'll only be a moment. Shut up, you fool. <laughs> so you are the great Stephen Lamar. Henry Ballard. How in the world did you ever get away with this? Garrison, stop that. She'll hear you. No, Mr. Lamar. The name is Dexter. David Dexter. <laughs> Now, Lowell Garrison, alias David Dexter, you began to believe in me, fate. But you thought I was on your side. You were wrong. I am but the instrument of a plan. And that plan is just. Hearken well, you who listen. In a moment, I shall read further from the record of David Dexter... In the Diary of Fate. You thought you were on safe ground, David Dexter, when you met Stephen Lamar and found that he was really Henry Ballard, your former partner, and the man who had helped you kill George Evans, Elaine's first husband. Now you were elated. Here was the promise of a greater success than you had dreamed of. Stephen was moody all through dinner, but Elaine hardly noticed it. Her eyes were for you alone. Later, you and Lamar were alone in your room. Now you are ready for the next step. What do you have, Mr. Lamar? Further than a scotch. Neither. I'll see here, Garrison. Uh, 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 remember, you're Lamar, and I'm Dexter. We never heard of anyone named Ballard and Garrison, did we? No. I guess we didn't. <laughs> You know, I've got to hand it to you, Stephen. You're a smarter guy than I thought you were. Sir? What do you mean? 
Why didn't I think of marrying George Evans' widow and cashing in on a mine like you did? You're driving at something, Dexter. Just what is it? You're a suspicious sort, aren't you, Stephen? Well, what I want from you is very simple. I'm going to invest some of your wife's money, $50,000, in the Chicago grain market. That's a lie. Let's not quibble, Stephen. All I want you to do is to assure her that it'll be a good deal. What she does with her money is her affair. Oh, I knew you'd see it that way. When she asks you about it, just tell her it's a great idea. Is that all you want? Mm, yes, I think so. And I'm going to bed. Yes, you uh, look like you do need some rest, Mr. Lamar. Good night. Good night. Oh, uh, Stephen. What do you want? <laughs> Funny, I just thought of something. I intended to invite you up here to my room for breakfast in the morning. Sorry, I don't think I can make it. Then. You'll make it. I'll expect you at 9.30. It felt good to dominate a man as prominent as Stephen Lamar. Yes, David, you always got your way with people by one means or another. You knew he would be there in your room next morning. Not eating very much, Stephen? I'm not hungry. Now, look here, Dexter. Just what do you want? Well, uh, you know, I've been thinking, Stephen. You've made such a lot of money out of marrying Elaine, and I've made nothing. Yes. After all, we were partners in that deal, and I... I uh... know what you're driving at. Well, that'll save a lot of trouble. You're in this just Yes, but you have a lot more to lose than I have if anyone finds out the truth, Lamar. Isn't that right? What do you want? Well, let's just call it a nest egg, shall we? For the Lane's $50,000 and a check from you, I could get started. But without your check, I'm afraid someone might find out what really happened to George Evans. No. You can't bluff me, Dexter. You can't get away with it. But I'm not bluffing, Lamar. I mean every word I say. Now, shall we complete our transaction? There's nothing but blackmail. And I will not wait up, Lamar, but I'm through talking about it. There. Maybe that'll help you make up your mind. What do you want? You know what I want. A check from you for $100,000. And right now. All right, thank you. You don't need that gun. I'll do it. That's better. And one other thing. I want Elaine to think that everything is lovey-dovey with you and me. So we're all going to meet for lunch on the terrace one o'clock shop. Got that? Yes. And Elaine is to have those bonds with her then. I don't want any slip-up on this, you understand? You two be on the terrace at one. Now write that check. I've got to get to the bank. David, huh? you've been waiting long. Oh, why, no, darling, just a few minutes. Where's Stephen? Oh, that's what kept me, David. After I got back from the bank of the bonds, I went to our room to freshen up, and I found this note from Stephen. Note? 
Yes, it's, it's rather strange, isn't it? Elaine, I've been suddenly called back to New York on business and must catch the train at 1.45 in order to arrive there on time. Sorry, I could not wait to see you before I left. I'm due to arrive in New York at 4.30 and will phone you immediately. If you do not hear from me by 5 o'clock, there is a small bag I left in our room, which I... Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, over here, waiter. Uh, here you are, sir. A very urgent phone call for you, sir. It's from a bank, they say. A bank? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. I'll take it right away, thank you. And since the check was for such a large amount, Mr. Dexter, naturally we had to call Mr. Lamar's bank in New York. Yes, yes. Well, what about it? Well, we found that Mr. Lamar had telephoned to stop payment orders with bank on that check this morning about 11 o'clock. Does that mean... You can't cash the check for me? That's right, Mr. Baxter. You can't. Like that dirty crook. Waiter. Yes, sir? Yes, sir? Get my car around front right away. And then tell Mrs. Lamar I'll see her later. Yes, sir. You do. 114. This plane goes at 145. Plenty of time. You hadn't counted on Stephen Lamar's betrayal, David. You didn't think he'd dare with the whip you held over him. And when you got back to the hotel that afternoon, you went immediately to your room and called Elaine. Hello? Uh, Elaine, this is David. What happened to you at lunch? Why didn't you come back? I know, darling, but, uh, well, I, I had to go to the bank, and, uh, I, I had a flat tire on the way back. Took, uh, quite a while to fix. Oh, I didn't major plane reservation yet? Yes, I'm to leave at 6.30. Uh, do you have the bonds here? They're in the hotel safe, but I'll get them out. It's kind of awful, I am. Then why did you lie down for a while, I'll wait plenty of time to talk. And perhaps we can have a contract together before you go to the airport. Oh, will you do that for me, Elaine? Why? Oh, you're a wonderful girl. Bonds out of the safe. I think you'd better come to my room as soon as you can. Well, I thought we were going to have a cocktail and you'd give them to me then. I don't feel like a cocktail. Oh, okay. I'll be right there. Soon as I'm dressed. Yes, David Dexter, you would be there. You felt confident as you dressed and started for Elaine Lamar's room. 
confident that you had taken care of everything. And indeed you had. Everything including your own death. Now it is time to write the final entry under the name of Lowell Garrison, alias David Dexter. In a moment when I have written, I will read again from The Diary of Fate. of his sowing. The end is certain if your decision be for evil. Even the cleverest of men cannot escape justice. And David Dexter had never felt more clever and confident than at this moment as he approached the door of Elaine Lamar. Come in. Hello, darling. I... Elaine, what have you got that gun for? To make certain that you don't leave until the police get here. Mr. Lowell Garrison. Garrison? Elaine, how did you... Oh, no, you don't, sister. You're not going to... Get back! You wouldn't shoot me. Give me that gun, Elaine. in his note for me to open the bag. Uh-huh. Uh, just was it was it you wrote, Mrs. Lamar? I mean the instructions. Here it is, Inspector. If you do not hear from me by five o'clock, there is a small bag I left in our room which you are to open. Uh-huh. The contents will be self-explanatory. If I do call you by five o'clock, I will tell you what other dispositions make of it. Uh, so you opened the bag, eh? Yes. I delayed waking Mr. Dexter until after five o'clock so that my telephone line would be open in case Mr. Lamar called. Mm-hmm. When five o'clock came, there was no call up. I opened the back. No, naturally. And I found this. If it is necessary for you to read this, I will be dead. You'll know that Dexter caught me. Before I die, I owe you an explanation, a confession. Dexter is Lowell Garrison, and I am Henry Ballard. You know the rest. I am leaving you this gun in case you need it. I'm Stephen. And what do you know? You had a confession before Dexter killed him. Dexter did kill him? Yeah. We found Mr. Lamar's body in the grass an hour ago, ma'am. This note tells us that Dexter was a murderer. Now it is time to close the book. A plan set in motion ten long years ago is finally completed. Finished. 
David Dexter is dead. Even I, fate, could not alter that plan. Elaine Lamar was exonerated for the shooting of David Dexter. For she shot in self-defense. Justice has been served. Ponder well tomorrow, you who listen, and remember, there is a page for you in the Diary of Fate. Our cast included Herbert Litton, Tom Brown, David Ellis, Adrian Martin, Ray Erlenborn, Ivan Dismars, and Hal Sawyer. Diary of Fate is a Larry Finley transcription. Brought to you from Hollywood. our thriller for this week if you want to find more from the diary of fate relic radio thrillers or sample all the other relic radio podcasts just visit the website relicradio.com you'll find them all there and our shoutcast stream with even more old time radio don't forget if you'd like to help support this and all of the shows you can do so from the website as well your support makes all of this possible thank you as always to those who have helped out thanks for joining me today talk to you again next friday with another episode of relic radio thrillers 